Thank you, thank you. So before I start, I just want to honor. Oh, hold on. There you go. I'm going to put my timer on. <laughs> yeah, so before I start, I just want to obviously honor Grant and Jane. This is always a privilege for me um, to share, you know, to the family. And I couldn't be here without my wife either. Um, you know, with having three kids running around and you need to prep, it's not easy. So, so mommy takes them and looks after them and I get a bit of time out. And the Lord challenged me a little bit on that because, you know, today I want to share a little bit about fathering. But he was saying, okay, so you've got three kids, so father them and prep at the same time. So that was a bit of a challenge. Um, but nonetheless, so, so I, was, I was speaking to the Lord and I was like, Lord, what do you actually want to share with me, and the words he gave me were um, hearts under fire, and it was almost like a battle going on for the hearts in the congregation here and around the world, and he showed me they were crying out to be fathered, so, and he's, he's the ultimate, he is the ultimate father, he really is. So anyway, and started working on, I mean, I've, I've been making notes for a couple of months already, but literally like two nights ago, he said, just open your Bible at the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament, and I'll, and I'll show you what I want you to speak about. So, so if I do that, it's very interesting. There's a, a sentence here, and he says, he'll turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. And... Um, so I'm not giving you the full context there, but I was like, okay, Lord, so how do, you, how do you do that? And he was like, well, that's relationship. You know, a lot of people, when they talk about Christians or when they meet you, they'll say, are you religious? And it's like, no, 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 I'm not religious. I have a relationship with, with a father in heaven. And, um, and I was like, okay, so how do we have a relationship with you then? So if you look at this, my Bible, you all got one, maybe on your phone or maybe a nice big thick book. And I was like, okay, Lord, so I get to know you with this. And he said, yes, but that is only an introduction to me. This, like almost 2,000 pages. Imagine introducing somebody and then you read 2,000 pages. <laughs> he was like, that's just an introduction. You can't contain me in here, but you can introduce me. Through yeah, And if that challenges some people, I'll just say this. Daniel, John, Paul all had an encounter in the third heaven. They saw things unfathomable. They saw things that they couldn't even utter when they came back here. So that's definitely not in this book. So there's something about knowing the Lord. So he says, by, you don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the Father. Every word. It's in here, and as you read this, he's going to speak to you. He's going to commune. He's going to share more in-depth stuff. I mean, I could write an autobiography, and you could read it, but I promise you now, you don't know me. And I certainly don't know you either. So there's something about a relationship. Um, in the word when it says, Lord, Lord, but I did this and I did that, and it goes, be gone from me, you evildoer. I didn't know you. It's hectic. He wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to have a relationship with us. So, 
So yes, you read the word and you dig deeper and you connect with him. Um, but there's more. He's like, well, commune with me. So I'm like, how do I do that? And he said, well, you've got to pray. And I, always, that, I was always challenged. I was like, why did Jesus pray to God? I mean, they're the same person. But it's relationship. There was a, a connection there. There was a, a speaking to, a talking to. And he's like, I want you to pray. So I'm like, but Lord, I don't, what do I say? You know, I don't, I don't always know what to say in my prayers. And he's like, okay. So he showed me a couple of things about prayer. And we are going to get to Matthew 6 again. And we're going to go through the Lord's Prayer. Um, just step by step. But before I get there, he showed me a couple of things about prayer. And he was like, if you don't know what to say, I say pray in the Spirit. And then the Spirit will intercede for you on your behalf to me. So guess what's happening? Who's the Holy Spirit? The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is praying on your behalf to the Father. That's basically God speaking to himself about you. <laughs> Which is amazing. And then you think, well, what does he have to say about you? What does he have to say about you? And that is what he starts saying. So he's now working through you in his spirit, speaking to himself. And then he showed me something else. He said, but I'm an eternal God. I'm not in time or space. You pray in the spirit, you are praying out of time and out of space. And that's why you can ask me for something today, and I've answered it yesterday already. Or you can ask me for something now, and I'll do it straight away. Or you can pray now, and I'll do it 700 years from now. You are praying out of time when you pray in the Spirit. So, so that's if you don't know what to say. Then I was like, what if I do know what to say? So it did challenge me a little bit. There's a verse that says, uh, he's in heaven, you on earth, so let your words be few. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So I'll do the Spirit thing then. But, um, but Celeste got me a book for my birthday and uh, it's, I've only read like five pages, but it's already challenged me. And it was all about bold prayers. And this guy's writing about honoring the Lord with a bold prayer. He said, if you ask the Lord to help you with something that's easy for a person to do, how is that showing God's power in your life? But if you say to the Lord, stop the sun, only he can do that. So bold prayers, he's saying, bold prayers, I want you to talk to me. I'm a father that is limitless. So what do you think of me? If you want to know me deeper, have bold prayers with me. I'll show you what my power really is. So, so we're talking about the walls of Jericho. So the book's call, called um, Prayers Circle Prayers or Prayer Circles, Prayer Circles. But anyway, and, and they were circling Jericho, and then finally they shouted, and the walls came crashing down, his power. That's something they couldn't do. They couldn't do that with their pitches and their, their voice, but the Lord did it. So, so it's trusting in the impossible in your life. Let those walls crash down. Have bold prayers when you commune with him, and let him do miracles. Then you can stand here and say, I lost my ring. Where's Krista? Is she here? I don't see it. She's not here. But when Krista preached, she, she lost her favorite ring that got stolen. And she got it seven months later in a higher tuxedo in a different province in South Africa. <laughs> you know, like only the Lord can do that, really. So, so anyway, so 
Before I get started, um, I've got two questions. So who here wants to be fathered? All right. So quite a while ago, I was, um, I was crying out to the Lord. So my heart was under fire, and I was crying out to the Lord. And I'm like, I need a mentor. I need to be fathered. I need someone in my life who can just take me under their wing. And his response to me sort of knocked me off my feet. He said, wow, Ben, I hear that prayer a lot. What are you going to do about it? And um, it, it really got me. I was like, wow, okay. And he's like, if you want to see that change, it's going to start with you. So do something about it. What about all the other guys that are crying out for the same thing? So I was challenged. I was challenged to, to be the change that I wanted to see in the world. And I started, a couple of young guys, I started spending time with them, and, and we've grown close, and we have a relationship. And that's beautiful. So, so it took me to another thing. So I'm like, okay, Lord, are you, are you using me to then father these people, you know? And uh, he, he asked me a question, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ask you the same question. Who wants to be used by God? Okay. Who likes to actually feel used? I don't like to feel used. So he's like, no, Ben, I'm not in the business of using people. And nor should you be. We're not here to use people. The Lord partners with people. His spirit is inside of us. He clothes us like a glove. We work with him. He's got something he wants to achieve. You become his instrument. But he doesn't use you. If you use an instrument when you finish, what do you do? You just throw it away. I'm done. Okay, thank you. That's not our God. That's not our Father. He partners with us. And when we finished with our purpose, he welcomes us into his house. My good and faithful servant. That is the Father and the God that we serve. So, talking about prayer, let's go to Matthew 6. Uh, we're going to do the Lord's Prayer. And I've actually got it on my phone. I'm just going here. Okay, so we're going to start at verse 9. All right, so Jesus says to his disciples, this then is how you should pray. Now, just a reminder, the reason I'm talking about prayer is because we need to connect with the Lord. It's communion with him. It's connecting with him. It's father and son relationship, not religion. Reading the word and thinking, you know, you're going to get saved through that. I mean, he rebuked the Pharisees for that. He said, it points to me, and now I'm in front of you, you don't even see me. So it's not about that. You have to have a personal relationship with the Lord. And he's calling us to that. He wants to connect your heart with his heart. His heart with your heart. Your heart with the Father sitting next to you. And his heart with your heart. So it starts off, our Father... In heaven, hallowed be your name. So what I found interesting there is it doesn't say our God, our King, our supreme leader. I watched uh, a Marvel movie a little while ago. They talk about that. <laughs> anyway, um, our Father. 
that's who he is. He is our God. He is our Savior. He is our supreme leader. But our connection with him is as a father. Our father. What also struck me is the first word is our. Not my father in heaven. Our father. So what does that mean? So there's a father and there's children. We the children. We are a family. Okay. Do you fit into a family or do you belong to a family? It's a very big difference. So the Lord has made us each unique. He has called us to be who we are. You've got to be brave to be yourself. However, he also wants to transform us and make you the best you can be. But you are who you are. He's made you unique that way. He's not asking you to fit in. This is 24-7. I want you to fit into 24-7. Don't sing too loud. Don't do that. He's not like that. Every different part of the body plays a different role. He wants you to be yourself. But let him work in you. Have somebody father you. Have him father you. Let him mold you and prune you and grow you, transform you. But be who you are. Okay, so I've used this analogy before, but it's, it's the easiest way for me to explain it. You've got a chessboard. There is unity. You're all fighting the same battle, but there's not uniformity. There are different pieces, and they're all playing a different role. All right, so, so when we talk about our Father in heaven, we are a family, each one unique, and we're speaking to our daddy as a family. All right. Hallowed be your name. I love the prayer meeting this morning. I don't always have time to get there. But um, so I'm, I was having some giggles because the Lord showed me a funny picture. Anyway, and then Connor, so just mentioning you. So, so Connor's just oozing out like stuff, right? We all know him. He's, he's, he's been, he's full. <laughs> but there was this reverence and awe. So here's me. I'm having a giggle. Having fun with my father. To give you a bit of background, <laughs> Jane said, we bless you, Lord. And then I saw him sneeze. <laughs> so I saw the Lord sneeze, and the whole world went, bless you, Lord. You know. Um, so I'm having a giggle, but Connor's having this like really intense, serious moment. But the point is, there was reverence there. And the very first sentence, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. There's, there's a key in there. We have to have reverence for our Father in heaven. Reverence or, um, a lot of people don't like using this word, but there is fear in that. I, anyway, I'm not going to go too, too much into that, but the fear of the Lord. There's something. I mean, we, we can't even fathom just our galaxy. How, how do we comprehend Him? You know, it's... It's intense. It really is. So we honor and revere him. That is our Father in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done. So I just want to open this quickly and I'll tell you. Okay. So if we go to uh, Matthew 
verse 2. So you don't have to turn there. I'm, I've, I've just made some notes in, in, in the prayer. Um, it takes us to a verse. It says, repent, change your inner self, your old way of thinking, regret past sins, live your life in a way that proves repentance. Seek God's purpose for your life, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So when he's talking about your kingdom come, there's a couple of things there. Like this verse says, seek God's purpose for your life. So what does that mean? Where do you find your purpose? I want, I want to maybe just throw this out there. I've read a book by Chris Wollerton called Poverty, uh, Riches, and Wealth. And he writes in there that he found his purpose in his people. So there are some guys who have a relationship with the Lord and they kind of keep it to themselves. And they don't have a connection with the people around them. But where's your purpose then? Like, like what are you actually sowing and reaping in your life? So when Chris was saying you find your purpose in your people, that's why we have brothers and sisters and a family. And that's why we are all unique. And that's why we have all different giftings. And you can use that to edify and encourage and rebuke, you know, but you're building each other up through that. So, I, so he showed me another verse about kingdom. And he's like, okay, so every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights, okay, who's in heaven. So I was like, okay, what, what do you mean? And he's like, well, Ben, each person you're looking at right now is a good and perfect gift from the Father of lights. You are the gift. You are blessing the person next to you. God is partnering with you and doing something in somebody else's life. My wife was very worried that I was using my phone to preach. <laughs> she was like, what if your battery goes flat? <laughs> I was like, I charged it this morning. Babe. So, anyway. All right. So, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So there we go. Give us today our daily bread. So what I love about this verse here is the keynote in the NRV after bread takes you to a verse in Proverbs, um, which I'm going to read quickly, Proverbs 30 verse 8. And so if you can imagine, I'm, I'm not sure if it was Solomon who wrote this. I don't know if he wrote all the Proverbs. I, I didn't, you know, but to me, Solomon, the wise man, wrote all the Proverbs, okay? So now imagine him saying this. Keep deception, so this is Proverbs 30 verse 8. Keep deception and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is my portion, so that I will not be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or that I will not be poor and still. And so profane the name of God. So what he's saying here is, don't make me too rich that I forget about you. And don't make me too poor that I steal and I dishonor your name. This is Solomon who literally, silver was like worthless in his kingdom. He had so much gold. So I'm not saying that golden riches are like, yay, you know, chase after that. I'm saying God is a good God and he wants to bless us. And he doesn't have an issue with gold and silver. He has an issue if your heart is chasing after that. 
and loving that and worshiping that rather than worshiping him. But I can promise you now, God wants to bless you. He loves you, wants to bless you, and he'll do it the way he needs to do it. If he can't trust you with too much because your heart is going to run after other things and forget about him, he won't put that in your life because he's after your heart. But if he can trust you with it, then it's okay. It's not, a, it's not a hook on you. It's not a stumbling block for you. That's how much he loves you. So, so you might be crying out for something right now. Lord, give me my daily bread. Give me this, give me this, give me this. And he's like, well, I need your heart in the right place first. And when it's there, yes, then I'll open up the heavens and I'll bless you with these things. But if I give that to you now, how's that going to affect your relationship with me? So we've got to trust him. He's a loving father. It's like Levi wanting sweets from me when he wakes up at half past seven in the morning. I'm not going to give him sweets. I love him. That's why I'm not giving him sweets. He thinks I don't love him because I'm not giving him sweets, you know. So, but God is just, he's even greater than that. Like we can't, we don't understand always. But that's another reason why tithing is so important. So actually, I didn't want to mention tithing, but it always comes up. So anyway, but there's nothing wrong. Like, tithing is a really good thing. If you can be faithful with little, he will make you faithful with much. I can promise you now, if all you get is 60 bucks a month and you give six rand, then you will give 60 rand when you're in six grand or 6,000 rand when you're in 60 grand. You know what I mean? He's after your heart. But if you can't give the six rand, you're not going to give the 6,000 rand. So, so let him work in your heart. Just trust him. If he says do it, it's for your own good. Okay. And forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Yeah. Okay. Verse 12. So this is uh, not always an easy thing because people hurt us and uh, often we hold on to things because we have the right to hold on to it or so we think. And um, so we can't release them. We're like, no, that person is a baddie. They're always going to be a baddie for the next 30 years. They're always going to be a baddie in my head because of that one thing they did 30 years ago. Okay. And that's not Jesus, okay? So, so if we're talking about Jesus, they spat in his face. This is our Jesus we're talking about. They spat in his face. He didn't condemn them at all. He blessed them. Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That is what he's calling us to be. We aren't like the rest of the world. We don't love those that love us and hate those that hate us. We are love. We forgive. We let go. God is all about reconciliation. He's about restoring. He's about redeeming. That's who we are supposed to be. You know, if you read 1 Corinthians 13 in the Passion Translation, uh, right in the beginning it says, if you did not learn to love. We're here. We're learning to love. And Part of that is forgiveness. And not only forgiveness, because it's easy to say, I forgive him, but I'm never going to talk to him again. (laughs) 
That's not real. There's reconciliation. There's restoring. Isn't it better to be friends with a person and enjoy each other than to say, I've forgiven them, but I'm not going to talk to them again? There's always this tension. Is that what Jesus wants in your life? I promise you it's not. He wants that restoration. He wants to bring people together. He wants to be together with you too. Some people have a thing against him. They hurt. Something happened. They blame it on him. First of all, it wasn't his fault. But even if it was, it's not about that. He wants reconciliation. So, once again in Matthew, if you go to Matthew 18, verse 21, so you don't have to go there, but I'm just going to read it. Um, talking about forgiveness, uh, Peter came to Jesus and he said, Lord, how many times will my brother sin against me and I forgive him and let it go? Up to seven times? And Jesus answered him, I say to you, not up to seven times, but 70 times seven. What is he trying to say there? He's trying to say more than you can keep track of. That's what he's trying to say. Again, and again, and again, and again. And if we go back to 1 Corinthians 13, where it's all about love, what's interesting there is it says we don't hold, you know, wrongs against the person, okay? We don't hold it against them, right? It doesn't say we say sorry when we do something wrong. It's quite interesting. So a lot of people say, I'll forgive you as soon as you say sorry, or as soon as you repent, yeah, Jesus, in speaking to Peter, is saying, if he does it 70 times, 70 times, this guy hasn't said sorry and he hasn't repented. Nothing's changed. But the Lord is after your heart. He will deal with that person, but he's after your heart. You are accountable to him. So what does he want you to do? He wants you to forgive. Forgive and let it go. Oh, but it happened again. Forgive and let it go. But it happened again. No, forgive and let it go. That is a challenge, but we can do it. So last week when we were here, um, he started speaking to me about that. Because it says we mustn't be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. So this, this is where I come back to, this is the introduction of the Lord. But you have to live off every word of the Father. So he started speaking to me. And he said, actually, Ben, yes, I want you to be a doer of the word. But not out of striving, I actually want you to become what you are doing. And he showed me a picture, a round block of cheese. Okay, round block. Okay, anyway, a round roll of cheese. Okay, and, and he cut it with a knife. And he said, what do you get? So I said, cheese. He's like, okay. So if somebody cuts you with a knife, what do they get? Love. He wants you to be got to be. In him we live and move and have our being. You got to be. You got to be the light. You got to be the salt. You got to be the love. He says, be holy like I'm holy. Be pure as your father is pure. You got to be.
And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. All right, so in James uh, chapter 1, it talks about, you know, being tempted and the reason people are tempted is not because God tempts you, but we're tempted because of our own things happening inside of us. Um, but when you get to verse 16, it says, uh, Do not be misled, beloved brothers and sisters. Every good thing and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights. And that's what I mentioned earlier. So that's who we are. If I just go back here. But deliver us from the evil one. So that's how this prayer ends. So all of that, praying and communion with the Lord, the Bible being the introduction to the Father, your prayer being your connection to the Father, communion, communing with Him. But at the end of the day, He does want to reconnect with each one of us on a deeper level. He wants you to know what kind of Father He is. He's the father that when you are in your lowest place, he comes running to welcome you home. That is the kind of father we have in heaven. He's not the, okay, you did the bad thing, you stay out there, you're not welcome in my house anymore. He might let you take a journey, but he's waiting. And when he sees you, he comes running. He's the father who wants to speak to you, who wants to communicate with you who wants to get to know you and you to get to know him there we go that's our father in heaven so to encourage everyone here as a family connect with your daddy and if the lord has put a desire in your heart as well be a daddy to someone else who needs it all right Bless you. All right, cool. That was good timing, eh? <laughs> yeah, supernatural, man. The Lord stopped the sun there for a <laughs> Probably sped it up. I was like, whew. <laughs> um, all right, so Grant's just asked me to pray over you guys. You want to stand up? So, Father, Papa, Daddy, you're amazing, and we absolutely love you, Lord. Thank you for creating us and giving birth to us and giving us purpose, for calling us, for wanting to partner with us in this life. And Lord, I pray right now that you will touch each and every person in a unique and special way. Touch their hearts, Lord. Bring them comfort. Bring them encouragement. 
I see you as the daddy just cheering us on. You are for us, Lord. And Lord, we are for you. I pray that our lives will bring you glory, Lord. I pray that we'll be able to represent you well to the people around us. That when somebody says we're religious, we say, no, we have a relationship with our Father. Let me introduce him to you. So Lord, I just thank you for breaking into our lives. You break into our lives. You call us home. You hold us tight. We can lie on your chest and hear your heartbeat. And you can speak to us and sing over us and dance over us, Lord. I thank you for your incredible love. And I pray for incredible breakthrough as we get to know you more and more. In Jesus' name, amen.